Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everyone, welcome back to Ozpiz Live from our Barangaroo studio. It's just gone midday. You have tuned in to the call. 10 stocks you want us to have a look at. I put them to two experts. We do it all in an hour. What a team we've got today on the panel. Ben Clark from TMS Capital. Welcome, Ben. G'day. How are you, Koshi? Uh, and Adam Dawes. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no like Dawes. That, right? And Adam no, Dawes from Shore Partners. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Chaz? Busy morning? Absolutely. Flat, Flat out. out. Absolutely. Or you're going to say something else then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a of what I was trying to get Just, out. Absolutely. And it is a reporting season, but you yeah. do for through the quiet months, yes. you forget about how frenetic reporting season is. And we're right in the middle of it at the moment. Yeah. Uh, let's get stuck straight into it. These guys have got a lot to say. Um, and uh, if we look at the first five stocks, we'll be covering BHP, New Hera, Fletcher Building, Magellan and Seek in this half hour of the show. Stock of the day, I uh, thought we'd look at Medibank Private. They, of course, reported today. Insurer seeing profits slide 10.7% to around 394 million. Operating profits premium revenues lifted uh, 10 and 2.7% respectively. Also a 7.3 cent dividend uh, to shareholders. Looking ahead, Medibank says there may be a modest decline in policyholder growth at FY23 as industry participation slums, but net claims will likely be on the up. Uh, for all the details, Chief Executive David Koskar joins us. That has uh, joined us, uh, David. Uh, just run us through the uh, the result. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, look, we you know despite the challenging circumstances, we've delivered a very strong result today. Uh, some of the features, you know, top line policyholder growth of 3.2%. Uh, we've maintained uh, strong vigilance on our costs uh, and actually in the last five years taken out $100 million of our cost base. Uh, and in addition, uh, 45% growth in our Medibank health segment, uh, all of which uh, you know drove a 12.5% uh, growth in our operating earnings. So, you know, uh, focusing on our customers, keeping uh, discipline about how we run our business and expanding our role in health, uh, you know, is paying dividends. Uh, what about the age profile of customers uh, going forward? That's, um, analysts really look towards that, don't they, when they're comparing you to, say, NIB? Yeah, well, look, at an industry level, the pandemic has really, uh, you know, changed the way people are looking at their health and wellbeing. It's now absolutely a priority and, in fact, not discretionary. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've seen record growth in the market. And in fact, last two years, uh, lowest uh, lapse rates in the market in 10 years. Uh, but for us, we're outperforming that growth with Medibank and AHM brands. And you know, both are contributing uh, you know, to our um, outperformance in the market. In the last year, we saw 70% uh, 
of our new joiners as new new to industry and customers under 40. So, wow. you know, we're doing uh, actually very well uh, in the younger segment. Uh, last year, uh, we've driven even more uh, distribution directly, uh, and now 80% of our new joins uh, join either Medibank or HM directly. Okay, all right, that, that's really impressive. Um, what about uh, the fact that you're such high, pro- high profile with your premiums? Uh, uh, depends on government uh, uh, approval to get them through. Um, are you being able to keep pace with premium rises? Well, look, I think we're all on the same page here. Um, we want to keep pressure on premiums as low as we can to sustain a strong private health industry. And a strong private health industry takes the pressure off uh, the public system. Um, the previous government, that was their focus, and, and same with the current government, and same with us. I mean, what's important to consumers and our customers is that they have access um, to affordable health insurance that gives them choice and control over their health. Uh, and that remains absolutely our focus. You know, we need to make sure we continue to be vigilant on our costs, but also the costs in the health system. And we've been, as an industry, you know, focused on removing unnecessary costs but also driving productivity and health, which unfortunately lags other industries. Okay, Um, higher interest rates, how will that benefit? Well, look, I think we rewind, you know, five or six years ago, uh, we had premium increases as as an industry in the fives, Uh, wage growth was in the twos, um, and, you know, we had a relatively higher unemployment rate. Going forward, we've got actually very different conditions. We've got lower premium increases um, we've got uh, wage growth coming up and we've got record levels of, uh, of employment. So I think the conditions for growth uh, are strong. But, you know, we've got to remain vigilant on reform, uh, vigilant on costs and delivering for consumers. And I think there's absolutely more we can do in what we are doing uh, to focus on prevention, to focus on investing in things like home care, uh, short stay, telehealth, that can drive more efficient quality health outcomes for less. Uh, and we're very pleased to see that, um, you know, our investments with our partners, with our doctors and hospital groups are, uh, you know, becoming more of the norm in the future. And that's what we've got to keep working on. Right. And keeping those medical costs and advances in new technology, the cost of that down going forward. That's so you've got inputs that are more expensive and controls on your premiums. Uh, you're really caught in a sandwich there. Well, there are some inputs that are more expensive, but then there are ways to deliver healthy care, quality care that are actually more efficient. Um, You know, you take Australia uh, and things like the adoption of the short stay model, Um, you know, in mature countries around the world, you know, 30, 40 percent of hip and knee replacements are done uh, either same day or with or with a couple of days stay in hospital. In Australia, it's less than one percent. You know, so if we can drive change, uh, which is actually happening, um, you know, risk what we did said that we can save around 217,000 uh, know, bed nights uh, in the country by just delivering quality care in a different way. Yeah. So it's not just about the input costs, it's about driving productivity. We'll keep focusing on both. That is a, re- a really fair point. Thank you so much for running us through the results. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Koshi. All right. Um, what do we think, guys? Medibank Private? Yeah, I think certainly that question around that age uh, issue, because the younger generation don't think that they need no. health insurance. But they're, pre- they're pretty good 
results. That's it is. Yeah, and I think really the market healthy. will look through the softness in those investment earnings to sort of look to towards uh, you know what they're going to do next year and things like that. But for me, policyholder growth two point seven percent with a modest decline coming through. They still got to work pretty hard, I reckon, right. to keep that uh, stock moving higher. Would you be in it? Uh, I'm a seller. Okay. I think, I think it's a holder. I think it's a pretty solid result in a mm. difficult environment. Um, and yeah, look, I, I think it's one of these stocks that you can sleep very well at night. You're probably not going to blow the, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money in it, but it'll pay a nice dividend. That dividend should grow. I've always thought good management and the previous CEO was, did a really great job, I think, coming out of government. So right. it's maybe never got the sort of the benefits that you often do see companies that get floated out by government. Mm. They have this like real run just because they run so much more efficiently. Yeah. That didn't seem quite to happen with Medibank, but it, it you know, as you were saying, it's, it's a tricky industry where you've got a lot of different competing yeah. pressures. You can't set the price. You can't can you? set the price. <laughs> Government's setting the price for yeah. you. And you've got to deal with the private hospitals who are, yeah. you know, like we've seen with Bupa. They've yeah. just yeah. gone through a big dispute with Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. But, but look at, um, he was saying the cost, and everyone goes, the cost of uh, um, medical treatments going up. And he goes, you know, um, the number of hip and knee replacements mm. that you're only in a hospital for the day yeah. overseas yeah here in australia we've got a long way to catch up so you cut the bed diets down yeah i didn't thought of that sort of stuff no. um so it was interesting all right a hold and a sell let's get into uh, the stocks you want us to have a look at and izzy um wants a view on bhp particularly after its latest results adam <laughs> yeah look it's certainly um Fantastic result uh, yep. from our largest miner, uh, and I guess one of the biggest global miners uh, around the world. Um, but I think discipline cost control was one of the biggest things that we saw yep. come from BHP, and that's really sort of given us uh, a, a, a comfort that we're still comfortable. I've got to buy a risk medium on it with a price target of $46, so I'm comfortable to continue to keep buying BHP. Um, one of the things is, is they did quote a very large dividend um, in fact, the second largest annual dividend of any global public company, second wow. to Microsoft. What? You care? I'm, ju I'm just okay. reading what Rocky I'm, told me. I'm calling BS on that. I'm, that that I'm, must I'm, be an absolute number as opposed to the... Tell you right here. Year. Rocky's got it right, right, right here. If Rocky, right here. If Rocky's got Check it. Check your numbers, Rocky. Who the, who the hell's Rocky? <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, our, he's our commodities analyst right. and he's very well respected in the industry. Record, uh, $24 billion record dividend. Uh, wow. Second largest annual dividend. Uh, so yeah, look, cost control was the big thing. Obviously, th there's been a lot of activity with inside BHP this year and I didn't think they could do much more, but they then come out and try and take over Oz Minerals. So it's been a fantastic one. One with the unification trade. Uh, two with uh, divesting of their energy assets to Woodside uh, and then the petroleum uh, potash unit that they've bought as yep. well as then Oz Minerals. So really comfortable with BHP. Never buy a resource stock for a dividend. Uh, the payout ratio this time around was 75% uh, compared to 88% last year. But remember, iron ore was at sort of $200 back then. Now we're at $100. Yeah. BHP's got a minimum payout ratio of 50%. So we still think those dividends okay. are going to be very, very solid going forward. Really comfortable with BHP over the next 6 to 12 months. So it's a buy from me. Okay. All right. Ben, the result pushed it above $40. It did. It stayed there. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. When they were saying, um, and they've only whispered about 
uh, coal over the last year yeah. or two, <laughs> two years, but coal made up for the iron ore drop. Yeah. Didn't yeah, it, wow. basically. Yeah. Um, and imagine if they kept all those coal assets they've yes. been offloading over the last few years yeah. and yeah. all gas. Um, yeah. But look, it, it, it was a great result. Adam's summarised it really well there. Um, I think it's a buy as well. Um, right. It's on a, a very solid dividend yield. I think, you know, resources have got a lot of moving parts that are impossible to predict. But in this case, management is doing a great job at managing everything they can that they've got mm. in their control. Mm. And, um, you know, Potash is going to become a pretty big um, pillar to earnings in coming years. Really, though, what it does in the next six to 12 months will depend on what the iron ore price does. And um, that's the hard thing to predict because China is still trying to control COVID. Um, its property yep. industry is in a lot of strife at the moment. So how the government manage that, we know that they tend to stimulate their economy hard by building things, but with COVID that's been problematic. So um, I think that'll play a large part. And a shout out for another one, um, Deterra reported today, which I'm a big fan of, and that's kind of leveraging off the back of BHP, and I reckon that looked really good as well. Ah, so Deterra just bank a royalty check. It's their the, only staff as accountants that it's actually like go. Someone banking it uh, into the bank account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic stuff. Uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that a better buy than BHP? I think or? it could be because oh. I, I know it's a weird thing to mm. say, but to me, it's it's like BHP takes on all the risk, and Deterra yeah. just gets this annuity yeah. income stream. Mm. And um, you know, if if you look at um how royalty companies have gone, because this is the only royalty company on the ASX, but there's yeah. a lot on the Canadian and the New York Stock Exchange. Mm. Over the last decade, they've outperformed resource companies by 350%. And wow. you know, I, I think it's because their financial attributes are unique. Um, Deterra owns like a 97% EBIT margin. I've right. never seen anything mm. like it before. Yeah. And it's because it doesn't have any costs really versus the revenue that's yeah. coming in. And the, good the only big, thing you fear is they get too big for their boots and go, oh, maybe we should be doing something else. That's the worry. Go, so you just hope they don't dilute no, what they've got. Just stay cashing the check. Yeah, mm. keep yeah. cashing the check. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's interesting. All right, Paul wants a view, uh, Ben, on New Hera. Uh, I think it's the first time it's ever come up on the call. Um, it's involved in um, hearing aids and wearable hearing technology. Just the last couple of days, they've had FDA approval to sell hearing aids direct to consumers without a medical exam. Wow. Over the counter in a Over chemist. Over the counter yeah. in a chemist. Amazing. Um, I never looked at this company before, so I'm not going to be quite up to speed on it. I'm, I'm going to say sell. Um, Hang on. They've just received FDA approval. Yeah. In a world first to sell hearing aids over the counter, and you'll say sell. Look, the, yeah, the sell's based on the fact that they're nearly insolvent. So okay, I, I, I didn't the, look that deeply. There is a bit of an issue in that they, yes, um, they might see a big spike in sales. Yep. But bear in mind, when I had a very quick look, last quarter they did six hundred thousand dollars in sales, yep. and they spent five hundred thousand dollars on advertising. To uh, me, that is not a sustainable business. Now, maybe this is the catalyst that to scale to scale. But they've got 400 grand in the bank. They did a tiny raising after the end of quarter. So they got about two, mm. I yep. think. Yep. Two, but two million. Two million. Right. Yep. And they're burning two million every quarter. 
So they've got about three months of cash. Okay. So unless this happens extraordinarily quickly, and it always takes longer than you think it's, you know, FDA's approved it, but when are they actually going to be selling them? When can they get the inventory in there? When, how do they ramp up manufacturing? They're going to need a lot more money. And um, that means capital raises. So I'd just be a bit wary of, because I saw the share price had spiked on the back of this news. I'd be be a bit careful. But look, wait and maybe just give, you know, step back and then see, give it a, Follow the quarterlies yeah. and, and see if you're starting to see that happen, you can always go back in. Yeah. Dolce? Yeah, I, I might not be so aggressive on the sell, but I definitely think, and I looked at the cash position as well, and that's a big red flag for any yeah. investor when you're looking at that. When you're looking at a stock, you always look at their quarterlies, always look at how much cash they've got on the balance sheet. If you look at a coal stock at the moment, they've got so much cash on their balance sheet, it's ridiculous. Mm. So. Yeah. Not that that's a, not that's the only thing to invest or one metric, but it is certainly when when you've got that such a, a big cash burn and a low cash amount, it's only going to go one way. So I think that there is going to be a cap raise, uh, that, but that potentially um, the two million dollars that they did raise was through a Taiwan semiconductor company called Realtek. They might have some deeper pockets. They might come out to the market and potentially let this one go. But I I, I think it's a hold from me. I I agree with Ben. I think this one. There we go. We've got the charter there. So it actually looks it actually looks a little bit toppy at 27. I thought it was 29 when I left the um, I left the desk this morning. But so strong focus on their on their costs. I think that's what they're going to have to get down. But then it's also about, as Ben said, it's about getting that product out to market. You know, you need to have production. You need to have salespeople. You need to have people on the ground pushing these things going through. I do like medical devices versus medical. Uh, you know, when you inject something into your body. That takes a lot longer, FDA with medical devices. And also hearing devices have gotten so much better over the years. You know, back in the day it used to be this big thing that, you know, sort of sit on, on granddad's head kind of thing. Now it's quite discreet and they do look quite good as well. So I'm comfortable to sit back and wait, keep watching the quarterlies. If these guys have got sales numbers, and that's the next step, is watching those sales numbers starting to move and how they do it, it would be a hold from me. I'd be really cautious at the moment. Okay. All right. Just another quick tip um, is you can always sell down, keep $500 a stock, and you stay as a registered shareholder with the company. And oh. then if they do a raising, it'll almost definitely be a share purchase plan in this case. Yeah, agree. You can then take up a $30,000 SPP. Yeah. So one thing is, I'd say is... Oh, that's a really good tip. Yeah, so just sell down. Keep, <clears throat> if you keep $500 of shares, you remain a registered yeah. shareholder and full entitlement to a raising if it's coming. Right. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, good tip from Ben then. Uh, Sophie... Want to view Adam on Fletcher Building, the big home builder building products company, um, own things like Laminex, uh, which everyone grew up with, um, originated out of New Zealand, yep. Fletcher Building. And Fletcher's done really well with their full year guidance increased by around about 40% through their home construction boom in New Zealand. And the company has said that it expects that boom to continue for at least another 12 months. Mm. One of the things that I'm a little bit cautious about this, and we've seen at least with a lot of the building stocks, even James Hardy came out and sort of tempered expectations on their results. Now, James Hardy, I would have thought would have, you know, after a bit of an upgrade, then a little bit of a downgrade. Uh, they're, they're saying that conditions are getting a little bit tougher. But I do think that, you know, um, if it's depending if it's these contracts are fixed contracts or if they're, uh, they, they can move those around. But some of those fixed contracts they're way out of their depth because costs, lumber, timber, all of those kinds of things have gone up by 20, 30%. 
which is keeping those margins really, really thin. The company has said that they're going to do well for the next 12 months. So for me, it's a hold. Um, I, I, I prefer something... If, if you were going to go into yeah, something like a James Hardy, I think he's, he's got better uh, scope to, to generate more revenue. And even Lend Lease has really struggled, and that's something that has got some Lend fantastic Lease. contracts as well. Um, but, yeah, for me, uh, I'm always worried about that fixed price contract issue, and uh, costs aren't, they're not going down, they're certainly going higher. So it would be a hold for me on Fletcher. Dorsey going Lend Lease, that's been a dog for years. Well, I mean, uh, yep, <laughs> yes it has. <laughs> yes it has. So maybe it's its year. This year is maybe its year. So. Um, ben, what do you think? Because I reckon, like, I'm one yeah. who put off renovations of my house. Yeah. At least for 18 months yes, until right. price up. Yeah. I've got a son-in-law who's a quantity surveyor, and he's going, no, you wouldn't be doing anything until yeah. at least for at least a year yeah. when supply chains come through. Right. I, I mean, I'm going to go hold as well. Um, Fletcher kind of, they dominate that New Zealand market, the right. building products mm. market. And, and one thing is they do have some pretty good strategic assets. Like, I think they're actually one of the largest timber owners in New Zealand so right. they actually grow the trees that produces the timber that oh, they sell okay. to build the houses. Oh, so they do the whole process. Yeah right. I'm, I'm pretty sure and so you know they provide a lot of key um, products into and I you know I think New Zealand's a pretty niche sort of unique market mm. where it's expensive to get stuff there so they really have got a stranglehold but of course you've got to be aware of where we are in the cycle and the, the cycle is tipping over and you know New Zealand put rates up to three percent yesterday, yesterday. Yep. Um, so they're leading the world in in terms of rate moves but you know I, th I think there is a good business in there it does have a lot of moving parts it's really hard to forecast Boral's the same mm. you know like you, you never know what you're going to get with Boral. Well, bad weather yeah. good weather yeah. you know there's so many different things so I'll, I'll go a hold all right at least has got some agitators in there at the moment yeah they do uh, keeping the price up all right uh, our next stock, uh, Dennis. Ben wants a view on Magellan, the big funds management group. Uh, new chief executive on the front pages yeah. of the financial press Listen today. Listened to him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was impressive, I thought. Um, you know, a bit of hubris, which was good to see. And um, Adam Magellan. Adam Magellan. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be it's about Macquarie. time. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be Macquarie next. Yeah. No. Oh, right. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, look. This is a very hard one because you can make a good case of getting out of it and a good case of getting into it. Valuation looks extremely cheap, particularly yep. when you think there's about a billion dollars in cash and investments on their balance sheet. Baron Joey is now profitable two or three years ahead of forecast, and I, I don't know what. So that Magellan owns a stake, a, a stake in, uh, in Baron like Joey, like a private equity stake in Baron Joey. I think they have forty percent. Right. Um, and I don't know what that would be worth now, but it's worth quite a bit, and I'm pretty sure that's a conservative valuation on it. So if you strip out cash and investments and you apply a multiple to the um, remaining enterprise value, it looks extremely cheap, but the problem is they're still losing money in this global fund. Yeah. The performance feels like it's stabilising, but you wouldn't say it's improving. <coughs> um, they've got some really good people in there, and I'm sure they're trying their best, but... Look, I, I'm going to go a hold because I think when I look at the 60 billion that they've now managing, Airly looks fine um, and has actually got inflows. Infrastructure looks fine and Very has good. got inflows. Yep. The global part is becoming a smaller part of the business, and 
we have seen that retail tend to stick even through underperformance mm. with fund managers. We've seen it with platinum for years. Yeah. So if, if that can stabilise, it's cheap and it, it could re-rate. Okay. Dividend's good as well. Right. So a hold? Dividend was a little bit lower this year, 68 yep. cents versus $1.14. So to be expected, yeah. obviously yeah. funds yeah. management came off. One of the things when I look at uh, Magellan, I'm looking at um, how much of the retail money is outflows versus the institutional money. Mm. Three months ago, uh, $2.1 billion of retail outflow coming out. Uh, last month, it was $400 million, right? Now, there's still outflows and still a lot of money, but it seems like that retail money is starting to dry up or that outflows are starting to dry up. Still $2.1 billion of institutional money leaving uh, on, a, on a monthly basis. So, um, but the, the amount of money that they charge on a retail client is 1%, 1.1, something like that, versus the in-state market, which is at 0.2, you know, sort of things like that. So, um, yeah, it looks like that, 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 that outflows, it's like putting a finger in the, in the dam. I know yeah. it's, it's, they're trying to stop it, but it's coming through. And I think David George did a good job the other day of just sort of talking about how and what they're going to do. He talked about being an active manager versus an index manager. And I agree, at these levels, you want an active manager but the performance really needs to come through and we just haven't okay. started to see that performance. So for me, it's a hold as well. I'm not gonna change my tune. I've been sort of not banging the table on Magellan. The only time I'm really gonna to start to sell Magellan is when they change their fee structure. Agreeably, they are one of the highest in the market around that 1% for retail. If they do change that structure a little bit and start to reduce their fees, that means less profitability or lower revenue. And I think that will be the catalyst for me to get out. Okay. But I'm pretty comfortable with Magellan the way it is at the moment. Have the executives shared the pain with shareholders? No. Do they we have? They've more, they have seriously. Have they? they? They have. Because Magellan had a, they've got an internal um, scheme where executives and top fund managers could borrow money for free from the business to uh, invest in, in stock. Uh, and um, they've been doing that the whole way down. And so a, a, one issue that they now have is that some of their key staff mm. have got massive losses. Um, losses that they owe the company. So yeah. they, they haven't put their own money into it. They borrowed $2 million from Magellan to invest right. in Magellan shares. Right. And now it's worth a million dollars. So they technically owe the company money. Yeah. Um, which the old non-recourse loan yeah. to finance your share purchases, which a lot of staff share schemes do, yeah. Which keeps the talent there, you could say. Well, but yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a grey area. If someone walks out the door, are you going to no. try and collect See, it? See, this is what, and I don't want to get too darky, but no, it's like big super funds. Yeah. You know, performance has been shocking, but they super funds don't declare their salaries like yes. a listed company yes. to their investors. Mm, yeah. And they're, they're in an industry, don't get me started on this, in an industry which the government has deemed 10% or over 10% of your salary goes in. Correct. I'd love that. I'd love my business to be part of that, that the government demands everyone mm. put 10% of their income in it. And they're not transparent to declare it. And they yeah. pay themselves massive amounts. Mm. Or their unlisted assets, which oh. they don't do mark oh, no, to market, oh, no. but anyway. Anyhow. <laughs> All right, uh, Seek, the um, uh, the employment platform, uh, Adam, yeah. Albert wants a view on that? I think it was a strong result and good guidance for 2023. Do I need to say I think it's a buy. Okay. Yeah, All I'm right. really happy with it. I think, you know, overall, the online uh, job... One of the few to give a good guidance yeah. or any sort of guidance. Yeah, well, 
with unemployment just dropping at 3.4% today. um, Look, you know, you could say on the other side of this, you could say, well, there's not that many jobs out there for people, but... Why um, advertise? Why why advertise? (laughs) Because, yeah, because you can find, you know, that that kind of work. But, um, no, I think it was a great Mm. result. Overall, they're expanding into other countries. They've got their tail burnt in China. China, They've come back. They're looking for sort of record volumes in Australia and New Zealand. Um, I like the stock. Yeah, I, okay. I think it's a buy. Ben? Ditto. Um, yeah. We own Seek. I reckon it was probably, might be one of the best results we see this earnings season. Um, and it was a bullish outlook statement. The only negative I think the market cottoned on to is what they're doing is they're unifying their job platforms. So they in Mexico, Indonesia, all of these different um, countries, they operate um, a, a platform which is different, completely different to the other. And so they're they're bringing ah. all the platforms together to create one platform, but then you know syncing them a bit for different countries. So a little bit of extra costs. Yeah, to do fifty that. million extra. So they they've started the process. They said we're wary about trying to do too much at the same time and cost blowouts. And and they yep. said we, Narev said we've gained in confidence that we're on track ahead of schedule. We decided. He said you know while we've got the hood up, we might as well do it in one hit. Mm. Right. So that's an extra fifty million that they're going to spend um, doing that. And I think that was the only negative that you could see because they'll expense it. Right which will come off the bottom line. But it, that'll be a good long-term thing for the business. And Seek's never been afraid of short-term pain for long-term gain. Okay. So I reckon this is a good buy. So when you, uh, the share price leading up to the result got to $24.94. Yep. Result came out. It's been as low as um, $22.40. It's, mm, now yeah. down, it's down 48 cents today. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, we... The last five or six weeks, we've seen this bounce back in tech and growth, and yep. that's it's okay. ridden that bounce. And and it is a great platform stock, as it? It, it. I mean, you know, I think the, the only thing you, the other thing you'd say is that when you look at the numbers, they just were like, wow. But then you've got yeah. to remember the PCP that they they were running against mm. was lockdowns, right. and mm. you know, right. a lot of employers not looking to hire staff because they couldn't even get them into an office. So. Okay. Um, yeah, but still, it's All a right. brilliant business. Um, let's uh, recap the first five stocks. Uh, Medibank, a hold from Ben, a sell from Adam. Uh, BHP, uh, a buy from both, although Ben likes um, Datira, um, the royalty pipe, which mm. reckons could be a better opportunity. Um, Rocky at Shaw said BHP um, <laughs> paid the second highest total dividend in the world behind Microsoft. I'll let you keep that just, right. just for free. That's I'll a, let you keep that's it. That's a bit of trivia. I love a bit of corporate trivia. I'm going to pinch that and do it in my finance <laughs> segment on Sunrise. Um, new Hera, um, a sell from Ben, um, a hold from Adam. Uh, Fletcher, a hold from both. Adam prefers uh, James Hardy in that area. Um, Magellan, a hold from both. And Seek, a buy from both. We so, haven't disagreed much No, today, no. have we? No, but uh, you've got a couple of buys in there. So BHP, BHP's already in the calls high conviction uh, fantasy fund. I think Ben, Ben's on the committee, um, and Seek will uh, go up to be assessed by the committee to see whether it goes in the portfolio. And uh, you could see the last meeting of the investment committee live on the platform osbiz.com. At that meeting, they decide to take profits on ordinate. Um, added Oz Minerals and up the stake in Woodside 
and since the 1st of March, uh, do we have the update? It's about 4%. Uh, the portfolio is up. And uh, keep your call, keep your uh, requests coming in here to the call because, like with Seek, um, two yeses from the panel then refers it up to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. This half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Sims, Whisper, Tassel. Be interesting. Of course, it's under takeover offer at the moment, near map and 7 West. All right, Ben Nicola wants a view on Sims, the uh, the big scrap metal uh, group. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go a hold on this one. Um, the, I had a quick look at the result. It was ahead of expectations or sort of bang in line with expectations the dividend was ahead. It was a bit of a, a bit of. I think the analysts saw it as a bit of a sign of confidence from management. The outlook statement was cautious. Yeah. We're seeing this with a lot of businesses, and I wouldn't get overly freaked out about it. You know, I think a lot of CEOs at the moment see a very uncertain environment through July, um, mm. and probably continuing at least for another six months. Yep. And you'd be crazy to be out there beating your chest too hard and yep. setting expectations too high. But because investors do mark you down if you don't deliver, is big it? Time. And the market is brutal. But Macquarie is the masters of um, under-promising and over-delivering. Yep. And yep. if you look at the businesses that have got a really consistent track record with lower volatility, they're not going out and you know sort of saying we're going to do, have an incredible year this year. So hold, um, I guess the other factors are China lockdowns again, you know, um, they, what tends to happen is when iron ore is um, well in demand, um, you get companies looking at scrap metal because it's a cheaper substitute. Um, we're definitely not seeing, you know, a, a, um, an acceleration in the building products um, market at the moment. Um, and, um, you know, it's, Sims has always had a lot of moving parts. It's yep. very hard to track, so I'll go hold. Yeah. Uh, it rode the commodity cycle yeah. up, didn't it? Sure uh, did. A bit like um, Sims is to commodities like uh, used car prices are to uh, the car industry, yeah, isn't it? Good way of when it goes up. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to say it's a sell mm. because of that outlook mm -hmm. um, for 2020. They've basically said China, which is probably their largest, largest metal consumer, said manufacturing activity was down in the second half of 2022 due to COVID lockdowns. But also then uh, softer market conditions mean that 2023 results will depend on how quickly global markets recover from interest rate hikes, induced slowdowns uh, going forward. So that slowdown has certainly subdued manufacturing activity and really China's that biggest sort of producer of that. So yeah, I... Even with the ESG tailwinds and all of that kind of uh, stuff, um, I think that's, those scrap prices are going to stay fairly subdued. And I really think that, that there's better places to put your, market, uh, put your money into the market on that one. So, yeah, it's a no from me. Okay. All right. Um, 
Next one we have uh, on the list is Whisper. Gareth wants a view on Whisper, the communications platform. Also uh, uh, reported yesterday, wasn't it? Um, um, yeah. Share price up about 4% at one stage. Uh, some new big clients, a couple of government clients, um, both the federal government and South Australian Department of Education. But it's getting whacked. Getting yeah. sold down today. Sold which, down today yeah. after a, a good day uh, yesterday. I mean, yeah, revenue was up, margins at 58%. Uh, EBITDA was a, was a little bit lower. Cash, $26 million on the bank in the bank. $65 million of ARR, so a, 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 rev, a reoccurring revenue. Uh, customer acquisitions is 126%, so a little bit higher there. And customer churn, very low at 2.1%. So look, it looks all good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this one. This one's really, really struggled. Uh, our analyst at Shaw's covers this one. He's got a buy on it, high risk price. So risk is quite high with a price target, which I won't even mention because it's very, very far away from where it is. But oh. um, so $3.50. So wow. Like, you mentioned it. I did. I couldn't <laughs> help myself. Wow. Triple yeah, what it is now. It. Um, but I just don't it's understand. It's not Rocky. No, it's not Rocky. Okay. It's, 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 it's another senior analyst uh, uh, at Shaw's. But um, this is the third highest dividend. <laughs> globally, globally. Um, you know, trading on a full year revenue multiple of just one and a half times, like it implies that it, wow. it, 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 you know, it's cheap. It looks cheap, but it just, I don't know why, but it's just the market really isn't giving it much uh, in, in that tech space. So um, I'm going to go with my analyst and say it's a buy. Right. Okay, because I've got to Gee, you've really stay. convinced us oh, yeah, there. I've got to stay there. But <laughs> I've been right like, the whole way through. Like, I just can't see that the market really isn't giving it what it, what it, what it potentially deserves. But that uh, recurring revenue is certainly where it needs to be. And that's okay. where these companies uh, are going to get that full uh, delivery going into 2023. But just be cautious on this one, guys. I, yeah, it's it's, okay. it's a tough one. Ben, any love from you for Whisper? Uh, I'm going to go hold. I don't know a lot about this business. I've got to be honest. I didn't have a lot of time to have a look at it. A global communications intelligence company. So I guess you've got to do some work yeah. on you know what the contracts look like. They were announcing like five and six year contracts. Ideally, you want you know sort of that stickier sort of revenue. But you know, there's a reasonable time frame. They've got 26 million cash, so that's that's a big tick. Um, they said they're going to be free cash flow positive by 2024, FY24. Right. Still a couple of years off. You know, I think that's why one of the reasons it's out of favour, that kind of... Right. Um, and that might have been looking like 25 or 26, six months ago. 135 mil market cap. So, you know, it's... As Adam said, on a revenue multiple, it looks pretty cheap. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I'd be a bit worried that in that 2020 year calendar year it was falling heavily then mm. when everything else was, was pumping during yeah. that time the market does is there's something that the market doesn't like there right and without knowing the company that well i'd probably okay. a week hold i'd say a hold because it week was cheap. Hold. yeah okay all right so i've got a week buy and a week hold on that one <laughs> um next stock uh yoji wants a view uh ben on tassel uh the big salmon Farming operation Tasmania under takeover offer at yeah. the moment, is it? And it's this is an easy one. The, the board done is rec- it's done. Yeah. This deal yeah. is done. So um, five twenty three, share price five fifteen. They might declare a little dividend. It sounds like which might have some franking credits attached to it. So right. maybe if you're in a, a tax free environment, you might stick around and, and get those franking credits. But you know, there's like 
Okay. That, that this, these get very efficiently priced at this point, yep. and I'd probably take the money and move okay. on. So, so sell and, and move on, but yep. you look at that. Yeah. Uh, where was it? Around 350 odd, yep. uh, literally two weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. So then do you think, oh, do I buy into Hewan? Well, well, does sorry, that, does that start up? I think he was already gone. No, it hasn't. Uh, yeah, I thought it was been taken over already. Yeah, no. I think it has too. Yeah. I saw Oh, there's a Murray Cod one. Oh. Yeah, there? Murray Cod. Yeah. That's, oh, yes. that's little though. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah, so Cook, who's the guy that are taking the, uh, that is taking Tassel over, put a bid in for Hewan to start right. with, which is the Canadian, and then there was a, there was a bit of a, right. a, a, a fight and another company got it. So Hewan's gone, now Tassel is gone. Our agricultural stocks are getting taken up uh, yeah. left, right, and centre. Yeah. Um, the results for uh, Tassel were fantastic, and hence why you saw yeah. that that little jump up that we saw on the chart. That's yeah. exactly why right. uh, those results were great. But you're in a takeover situation, so it's pretty easy. You either hold and yeah. wait for your extra couple of cents plus the div, or you jump and then find something else uh, to do it. But yeah, I, there's what plenty. What do you do? Of, do? Do you have a preferred way of doing that? Just so, get yeah, your money and put it somewhere so else. So the downside like... risk is what I say to clients. The downside risk here is huge if the deal doesn't go through. So I still don't know if it's FERB uh, approved yet. I, probably not. Right. So but they're Canadian. So it's, it, probably it's, it's fine, going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. So so <laughs> there is. <laughs> um, so there's a couple. There's always moving parts with these things, and the board has now accepted. I think it was yesterday yes. or yep. today. Yeah, even they so. said they. Yep, we're, we're going to go with the with the with the group. So really, at the end of the day, the downside is is quite large. The upside is is limited because right. it's not going to go much further. So for us. It's right. to get out of these things because I don't think that there's going to be another competing bid. The company's now said, we're going to go with you and we're going to yep. do the takeover. So um, to limit your downside, you, you would take your money here or close to here to get out. When you get protracted ones, now Ramsey Healthcare is a classic example where you should have taken your money at $85, $88 because it's now back down to 73 something right. like that. With the bid still on the table, Right, the right. bid's still there, but the market doesn't believe that that, that, that there's going to be an, one another bid or that one's going to go through. Mm. Now, Oz Minerals, on the other hand, is trading above uh, the BHP share price of I think it's twenty five dollars that yep. they're going to buy. It's trading at twenty five fifty. That means the market believes that there's going to be a higher bid going forward. Right. So there's lots of moving parts with it. Usually on takeovers, you take your money and run and try and find somewhere else because it can be three to six months as something like a Ramsey Healthcare where you should have been taking money at right. and you can buy back in at a later stage. Yep. I don't right. know if I answered the question. Yeah, yeah no, you did. Oh, I no, did? Oh, no, it's yeah. really good. The process you go through yeah. in terms of working yeah. out what you do, because a lot of people go, oh, an extra couple of cents, I'll just wait for that. Yeah, the downside uh, the risk to that is, is huge, huge. Yeah. versus right. the upside, which is only a couple where of cents. Where you can uh, take your money and take up another opportunity yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. All right, Taylor, uh, Adam wants a view on near map. Um, another, another one. Another, another one under takeover offer. Yeah. Apparently came out of the blue for near map, yeah. which is the, uh, uh, the big aerial mapping uh, business. Yeah. So this one is interesting because it's a private equity firm. So yeah. with PE, you've got to be also a little bit careful because... They can lob these things in, as we saw with something like a Brambles. Remember that? They yes. sort of, they lobbed it in and then a day later they took it away. So I, I'd be a little bit careful with this one. Because the PE went to 
uh, Brambles announced it, as yeah. they should, with continuous disclosure. Absolutely. And the private equity guys go, oh, no, we wanted you to keep it secret so no one else would get involved. Yeah. How stupid yeah. to think that yeah. a yeah. listed company would be able to do that. Well, they're doing the right rules by the ASX yes. and their c- continuous Surely. disclosure and those kinds of things. So just be a little bit careful because some of these private equity ones are also very conditional. Uh, they still uh-huh. need to go through, do their DD uh-huh. on, on the business. And if they find something in there that they're not happy with, That's rightly true, so, yeah. they'll, just, they'll just walk mm. away. And I don't think that they've got any qualms or worrying about shareholders. No. They're not worried about that. They're basically... No. Uh, Private equity guys are ruthless. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So for me, I think Nearmap's a fantastic little business. It's done really, really well. I still think there's some legal issues that are going on with that. Yeah, so right. yeah. they, they, they'll obviously have looked at that, uh, made an understanding of that they're, they're comfortable with those legal uh, issues going From forward. From a competitor taking their IP. Yeah, yeah. taking their IP. So um, for me, I, I, I'm going to say it, take your money and run. Right. I think this one, the downside is too much and there's too many mm. conditions inside of that bid. You know, two tens the offer. Two bucks. I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Downside there is one forty. Yeah, one. You know, even a dollar. So I, I, I'd, I'd take your money. Doubled your money since the cr- the June crash. Yeah. Yeah. This is and a really thing. tricky one because I reckon this bid is is real. Um, I mean, it's a big. It's actually. A, I think it's a venture capital firm. Okay. And, oh, um, right. Okay. They've got form in this area of the market. They're nicer than Pete. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all They're not. not very nice. <laughs> um, but. Um, so there's a seven-day no shop period, which ends on Monday. So right. this is on Monday, they either have to front up a legally binding bid right. or walk. Oh, and okay. um, so it's about Ooh. to, you, you, your time frame is short. You need to do something today or tomorrow right. if you're going to sell. So what would you do? I'd probably sell. I'd probably agree with Adam, but I actually think... Sell quick. Uh, yeah, well, it's, if you're going to sell, sell today or tomorrow. Don't wait for Monday, that's for sure. Um, I think... Takeovers to me, they all come about probabilities and, yeah. and upside, as Adam was saying, upside versus downside. I reckon, have, from having read about these guys, I reckon it probably is a good chance of getting up. And there could be a sweetener. The first bid is very rarely the lowest, yeah. maybe 220 or something like that. But you, again, you've got to look at the upside versus downside. 220, maybe it takes you four months to get paid the 220. That's mm-hmm. a 10% return. If they walk on Monday, it's back at a dollar fifty, yeah. and you've got fifty cents in twenty-five percent in downside. So you've got to weigh that up. You've got to look at your tax situation as well. I think yep. you know twelve-month mm-hmm. rule and when you bought it. But we've seen Appen, Altium, Iris, a lot of yeah. interest, and then you know walking. Walk um, so I, I'd probably sell. Okay. All right, and our final stock is uh, Seven West Media, also uh, reported this week. Uh, historically, pretty good result. Best You'd be able to tell us more. So, about yeah, are you allowed so to say anything about this? So James was saying that, you know, uh, best result in 11 years or something. Yeah, it was a very strong result. They announced an on-market buyback. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to say hold. Um there's a couple of things That's for me. That's a really convincing hold. <laughs> I've got to say, choke, uh, deep breath, hold. I, I'll say hold because, okay, so seven this year is going to be cycling the Olympics. Um, mm. And that was an incredible <laughs> one-off 
um, win for for the um, the TV organisation and the advertising dollars that flowed on from that. And Com yep. Games. And Com and Games. Com games. Yep. Um, so they'll. Particularly in this half, they're going to be comparing themselves against what happened a mm. year ago. Um, you've got the AFL, you know, mm. where, where, how, how that's going to play out. That's hitting a tipping point. The advertising market is holding up well, so that mm. should be a positive for them. If I could pick out one, like, left field thing here is, um, is Netflix, which will, we don't know when, and they haven't released this to the New York Stock Exchange, but we know that Netflix is going to release advertising um, model in 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 their um, in their options, and I've got a good mate who runs one of the biggest advertising agencies, and he said, you know, that the the movement of advertising dollars that will happen when that comes on is going to it's going to be extraordinary. And of course, our subscription will go down. Uh, yeah. But it, we don't know when. Uh, well, yeah. Like I did with Fo- Fox. Remember, remember when Foxtel Fox launched? Yeah. yeah. No, no ads. ads. Oh, well, yeah. that didn't last long. Yeah, so we'll see. Did that flow through to a lot of subscription products? Nah. And it might be three or four years before Netflix launched that in Australia. Here might be a country where they say there's not a lot of um, ripping off that's going on and we're happy for everyone to pay $14. But in Brazil or, you know, somewhere else, we we will launch that, we'll trial it, we'll see how it works. And so that seven might still have a really nice clear window for a while. Yeah, and of course no one in Australia shares their Netflix uh, password with their friends or kids. Or family. Or, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, what do you think, Adam? Uh, yeah. Like, even I... Well, tell me I, what I, you think. No, no. I, In my little super fun, no, full declaration, uh, I do Seven Group. Yes. Uh, because they have a big shareholding in Seven West, yep. Yep. but it's part of a diversified portfolio yeah, with yeah. Boral and Beach and yeah, everything yeah. else. Yeah, that and that I sort of, stuff. Yep. that's done quite yeah. well for me over 15 years. I've West Track. West Track, really. Yeah, West Track is, the, yeah. is a stunning business. Yeah, so media's never been a favourite of mine. Too mm. fickle, markets turn, sentiment turns, and then all of a sudden advertising budgets are probably yeah. one of the first <clears throat> outdoor budget, outdoor media budgets are the first. Then you've got the sort of traditional media side of things. I think it's a really good point. I hadn't thought about Netflix and how that advertising dollar is really going to move. And uh, I, I think that absolutely. They, they lifted their dividend, which I thought was quite good instead of sort of uh, getting more efficient with their buybacks and those kinds of things. I think earning was good, but also the regionals did really, really well. Yep. Mm. Prime, uh, which they bought or acquired last year, mm. that's really started to, to do quite well. Debt's under control. Cost Debt's down. under control. Overall, the market, though, has sort of cut their price targets. JP Morgan, uh, Macquarie uh, raised their price target to 53 cents, but JP Morgan cut to 65 and they've gone they've downgraded to a neutral as well. So I think there's going to be some pressure on the share right. price at the moment. It does look like that. there's a classic line there. Look at that 51 <laughs> where, you know, you've got support and resistance, but it's really at that resistance point there. It could fall a little bit lower. So I'm going to say hold. Never a fan of the media stocks. All right. Let's uh, recap the final five stocks. Sims, uh, a hold from Ben. Sell from Adam. Uh, Whisper, a hold. A weak hold from Ben. And a weak (laughs) buy. And a a weak buy from Adam. (laughs) So go figure that one. Uh, Both have said, Tassel, take your money and run. Uh, Both have said, Nearmap. Take your money and run, and a hold for Seven West Media. 
YouTube blokes, always fun as usual. I'm really informative. Ben Clark from TMS, good to Thanks. see you, mate. And Adam Dawes from Shaw, good to Thank see you. you. Pass on our best to Rocky. Will do. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you'd like any stocks for us to uh, review and for me to put to our expert panels, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. A reminder, you can see all the stocks in the calls portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. That's it from our small caps coming up after this.